are now entering the Horror Sanctum. Sydney, and welcome back to the Horror Sanctum podcast. I am Jay with John, Kellen, and TJ. Uh, and this week, we're going to be diving into the latest installment of one of our favorite horror franchises. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about Scream uh, with the newest Scream 6, which is it's hard to believe it just came out in March. We were seeing it in theaters. Uh, here we are talking about it, a super fresh movie. Um, so we're going to dive into that. But remember, as always, with this being a newer movie, we will have some spoilers. So, this movie, um, I'm a big Scream fan like we all are. I love Scream 1 through 3. I really liked Scream 5. Scream 4, I hated. I really wanted to love this movie. Um, well, this is the second time I watched it today, and I can honestly say I really fucking hate this movie. <laughs> um, so, for me... The problem with it is, I'll start with the good stuff, right? Okay, it's shot very well. Um, it's got a lot of the returning characters that you like, like Tara and Mindy. Um, the killer reveal is I'm fine with. I thought it was cool. I thought the kills were really cool. Um, it's a pretty film. Um, there are a couple of sequences in the movie that are suspenseful, like the train sequence. I think that works pretty well. Other than that, you take all that, you take those out of it. The movie itself is just a mess. There's a lot of characters that are doing very dumb things. There's dialogue that is just really stupid and over the top. The movie itself, it feels like a fan film. That's that's the way I would describe it. It's like everything they did with five that was so good. It was almost like with six, they just were like, okay, we're going to pay homage to all the other screen films, but we're going to make almost like a fan film, right? So we're going to make the dialogue even more meta and even more wink at the camera. I mean, even the opening scene, right? Um, the girl is going on a date. She goes down a dark alley. Why is she going down a dark alley? Okay, well, she thinks the guy's in trouble. Her date, who turns out to be a fake ghost face. But then he goes back to his apartment. Ghost face attacks him, kills him. And the last thing he says before he dies is, what about my movie? Like, that is the dumbest thing. Because it, there's no way that would ever... It, like, even in Scream 3, Cotton Weary didn't say something that dumb when he died. Like, every Scream movie, when they do that first scene, you know, there's it's funny, it's quirky, there's some, you know, charm to it. But it's never stupid. But there's so much in this movie that is just so dumb. Um... You know, even even the beginning with the therapist, Sam, the main character, is going to a therapist. And she's been going to this therapist for a long time. But if you notice, the therapist does not, apparently doesn't know that she killed her boyfriend, even though that's why she's in therapy. Like, how would you not know that? Why would that not be a conversation? So there's just a lot of these type of things in the movie 
that I just I noticed more the second time. Even Gail, Gail Weathers, she's in this movie. Gail Weathers in the first three movies, you know, she has an arc, right? She starts off a bitch. She gets better. She falls in love with Dewey. She starts to get a bit of a heart. And by the time Scream 4 runs comes around, you know, she's a fully formed character. And even in Scream 5, you know, she goes back to being a reporter, but she's still a good person, right? She tr still tries to do the right thing with Sydney. In this movie, it's like she went right back to Scream 1. And I just don't understand what that logic was, why they did that. She was and awful. She yes. was awful. And I think that because with Nev Campbell not coming back and Dewey being gone, I think they had their backs to the wall of trying to still be attached to that OG franchise. That's the only thing I can fathom because part of my notes for this episode is Gail sucks in this movie right along yes. with fucking Kirby, who I adore as a person, but she sucks. But I digress. Continue. No, I, I agree. I mean, Gail, and even I laughed when her boyfriend dies because the killer was like, oh, I guess he didn't have what it took. And she's like, I guess not. Or something about his muscles. And I'm like, damn, like that's that's mean, even for like a random boyfriend, you know? Um, so stuff like that really bothered me. Um, Sam, you know, if you just take the characters themselves, you have Sam and Tara sisters, right? Jenna Ortega is a way better actress than the actress Melissa Barrera, who plays Sam. And I understand the dynamic of the movie has it such to where she's older, Tara's younger. It just kind of worked out that way, right? It's just hard when you're acting beside someone who's so much better. Because there's so many actors in this movie who are better. Even in the beginning, the first girl who gets killed, I think Samara her name is Weaving. Samara, Samara Weaving. Weaving. She's great from Ready or Not. Yeah, yeah, she's a great actress. Like I know she's too old to be in this situation, but she would have done a way better role in this type of movie, right? Um, and you know that's a hard thing to carry a movie when your lead character doesn't isn't that interesting. And I know that Sam is the new Sydney, but the thing is, is Sydney. I mean, Nev Campbell. There was something about her in those movies that you just believe she was an ass kicker. Like at the end of the movie, you were like, she's going to fucking get this done. She just had that about her that you believed. And with Sam, I just don't, there's something about her that's just missing still with me. Um, and I know that is what it is, unfortunately. The boyfriend, uh, that guy was ridiculous. Like, he was literally like when he first started talking, all I could think was he's like Jesse from Breaking Bad. I just thought Aaron, what's his name? Aaron Paul. Like that's all I could think of the way he talked, right? Like, yo, yo, bitch. Like that was like all I was <laughs> thinking of the whole time. Um, I, like I said, I didn't mind the family reveal. I thought that was um, cool to tie it back to Richie when the original, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind the family acting over the top and crazy. Dermot Mulroney acting kind of over the top. I didn't mind that. Um, I didn't mind, you know, even the whole gag of, you know, Chad and Mindy, you know, both movies now almost dying, but then not dying. That's kind of a funny homage to Dewey. So I don't mind that. That's kind of funny, right? They're just basically saying like, hey, these are the characters that are going to almost die, but they're not going to die, right? Well, they they called it the core four, which basically says yeah. you got to keep the core four alive. Right, exactly, exactly, and that made sense. I mean, they're not going to kill them, um, but 
Yeah, overall, I just think that there was just a lot of things that just didn't work with the characters and the way the film played out. And I think the biggest thing for me, too, aside from what I've said so far, is the setting. Something about New York City in this setting doesn't work for me. I think that, you know, most slasher movies are isolated. You know, Woodsbury, Crystal Lake, Haddonfield, you're you're somewhere where you're you're isolated. I think the problem is in New York, the suspense level kind of goes down a bit because it's so busy. There's just something about it that becomes less scary. I could see why they thought it would be fun to do it. But I really do hope with Scream 7, if they make one, that they're going to take it back to Woodsbury. Woods, Woodsboro, Woodsboro. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I just think, you know, there were parts of it I liked that I just thought it was over the top. And it was just overall a disappointment, you know. So, yeah, that's it. That I'll stop confirms- ranting. They confirmed seven this week, and it's uh, the guy who directed the Happy Death Day movies is going to be directing it. I, I don't yeah. know. I Which I love those movies to death. So I'm very excited for that. Oh, yeah. All right. So John and I often have very similar opinions. Today is not that day. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, because even, even though I agree with a lot of the things that John says, I watched this movie in the theater three times. I literally don't think there's another movie <laughs> ever in my life that just kind of worked out that way that I've watched in the theater three times. Uh, and I watched it on Paramount Plus one time. So I've seen this movie four times since March. I think I saw it three times in March, which is it's, it's maybe one time too many to watch that movie in the theater in March. But, you know, I I, I digress. Uh Yes, this movie is a mess of a movie, but it's a beautiful mess. And I, and I like it because uh, for a lot of the reasons that John hates it, honestly, the, the New York setting, the New York setting. Yes, I, I see what you're saying with the uh, it's hard to have the isolated small town feel. But I think what they were going for, granted, it's not executed perfectly. I think it's most executed the most perfectly in the subway scene. And there should have mm-hmm. been more scenes that were executed that well is the idea that even in a town of millions of people, you can still be isolated because nobody gives a shit and nobody's paying attention to you. And it, it, it you may as well be in a small town with nobody around. I think that was kind of the point. They didn't have enough set pieces and scenes to kind of tie that together perfectly like I would have liked. But I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what they were going for. I liked the change of the setting because how many times can you have the people dressed up like the same character with the same weapons going around the same town, right. <laughs> killing a bunch of young people again, you know, it, it, it needed a refresh. And I think proving the concept, this movie, if nothing else, if imperfectly proves the concept that you could still take the same core concept and basically put it in any kind of situation you want to kind of like Jason X in space. It's like, okay, you got Jason, he's killing people. What more you need? Just trap them in a space. And I think the Scream universe is now, with this film, uh, given a little more leeway. And you know, they hinted at that. And in, in Scream 3, half of it takes place in Hollywood, right? So it wasn't all in Woodsboro. Uh, I think this film suffers from a couple of things. One being it was greenlit like almost instantly when the first movie that came out the previous January 
uh, become such a massive hit. You know, I don't think they had uh, like a trilogy or anything necessarily in place until that performed so well, because that was kind of like a reboot requel. It was the same thing they did with the Halloween 2018. It was like, if this does well, we kind of have this in the queue as ideas, but wait and see. But when that movie did, I think of close to or over a hundred million dollars domestic, it's like, okay, we're definitely, <laughs> you're definitely green lit and you guys go do it. And it's really hard to put together a movie from, from scratch when you already probably invested a lot of time and energy into one really pretty good movie to say, okay, pick up exactly where you left off and you got like six months to go into production and it's got to be released a year from now. You know, they did that with Scream and Scream 2 and had surprisingly good results, but I don't know. The 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 gods of the movie universes were smiling on that. Uh, they had a lot of people in their prime uh, in in that kind of period where where the slasher genre was just it it had a new frenetic energy going on because they they just created the revolution with the scream movie, totally brought back the slasher franchise for the first time and you know, six, seven years really having good ones. And then they were still basically going off the momentum of that film. The problem with trying to do that in 2022, 2023 is everything's so diluted now. The, the, the requel, the, the 2022 film was good, but it didn't like totally start a whole new, uh, you know, revolution in the genre or anything. If anything, Halloween 2018 did that four years previously. And I know this film was supposed to come out earlier, uh, but COVID and all the stuff, it was one of the films that was affected by by release dates with COVID. So that might have took a little bit of the uh, the shine off of it a little bit. It, it would have been great if they had have already pre-planned a trilogy because then that same directing team would have had like three years to work on the the sequel and it probably would have been a lot better because you can kind of see the holes in it um the the characters that aren't the core four are are pretty thin and they're basically exist to to be murdered or to do the murdering (laughs) and uh the the reveal i was kind of cool with it took me really to the second rewatch to to really appreciate that more because i thought it was a little cheap uh i i just don't believe honestly that a police officer would have that kind of access <laughs> there there's so many there's so much logic holes in this film probably more than any of the scream films is probably my, my biggest point against it that he'd be able to in the new york city 2023 market be able to buy a theater <laughs> like an abandoned classical theater that's probably like a historical landmark and would be like millions of dollars or or tens of thousands of dollars in rent every month on a a cop salary to be able to just keep that as their lair uh, and convince his other two kids to go on this murder spree because they love their, their dead son who was a crazy psycho killer so much. I mean, I give it I give it a pass on all that because the the reveals have been 
more and more ridiculous with every scream film and this is by far the most ridiculous of all the 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 killer reveals uh i guess i guess they're just gonna keep adding killers to it and have them all related so the next one is gonna be like a traveling circus of people it's gonna be like a clown car of of ghost face <laughs> killers coming out i don't know but you know i'm here I'd for watch, it i'd watch that i'd watch that <laughs> i'd watch it too <laughs> Combine it, ghost faces. combine it with Scream. There you go. That's, or that's it's going to be seven. like a throwback to three where it'll be like Sam's sibling or something that was Billy's other kid. It's going to be the babysitter's third cousin <laughs> twice removed. For, I mean, the, the more silly it gets, like scary movie-ish, the, the better for me at this point. You know, six sequels in, I'm here for it. It's not going to make a lot of sense. There were a couple good scenes, though, that stand out to me. There's the train scene. And as stupid as it was, and as long as they took to do it, I liked the latter scene. The latter scene was fun. It didn't make any sense at all that the person who was hurt the most would be the like the last. <laughs> Wouldn't they be the first to go over the ladder? Like, get them across. They're already injured. <laughs> that made no sense. But... That that kept that kept with the lack of logic of 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 any of the decision making for the characters in the film. But overall, I liked it. There's some good kills, couple good set pieces, ridiculous kind of plot reveal. Um, you keep your same core characters alive for another sequel, which has just been greenlit. I'll be there. I'll watch it in the theater. Maybe not three times in the theater, but I'll watch it in the theater. Finally, that's over. Anyway, John's correct. This movie was hot garbage, straight trash, straight to straight to DVD dumpster via dumpster. Because this movie was so. It's the first time that I've watched a movie that started great. Like I I thought the the first ten minutes were fantastic. I liked. I mean, the whole screen franchise is about being meta to to the horror genre. So obviously, they're going to be extra meta the more it goes on so you have the 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 ghost face for this one isn't the actual ghost face you know he's he's doing the movie thing again which they've they've done in other screen movies and then he him and his friend get murdered by the actual ghost face or one of the ghost face so high expectations and then it just progressively gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until i wanted to gouge my eyes out <laughs> and 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 part of that was because the ending is so dumb the acting was uh, hayden panettiere is adorable but she she is past her prime as far as being able to act it's like she took so much time off she forgot how to pretend (laughs) and 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 she has like a southern accent kind of in this movie but in the other screen movie she didn't so just continuity they just said and i think what's happening is is and as somebody who just recently watched all the screen movies, congratulations to me for being so late. Just <laughs> yeah, take a second. Hang on, everybody take a second. Yeah, Clap. yeah. That's, that's a big feat. That's a big feat. By the way, since you mentioned the Southern Ass, where is Woodsboro? Do they ever say? It's like it's probably just like uh, Middle America. I always yeah. assumed uh, Illinois, yeah. Ohio, Indiana, like those three. I don't know why that was what. Yeah, I think it's just meant to be a stereotypical. You it's know, like Haddonfield. You don't really know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, and 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 I think with with talking about them going meta, each screen movie has the theme of, of related to horror at that point in time. It's like they're trying to encapsulate um, 
the the essence of whatever horror is doing at that time while also poking a little fun at it but I, my, my fear is they're going the same route that the last two halloweens went uh, and i don't want horror to go this way because it's it's so absurd and i don't like the that direction but it's almost like we're going into the rampage horror genre you know we went from slasher flicks to um you know the uh, whole reality based horror genre where it was you know like reality making fun of you know reality tv and then we got to torture porn and it feels like we're going to rampage porn and or, or horror and that's where you know the killer just goes on a rampage like in the bodega scene where he just starts just murdering everybody in his path and that that takes away some of the suspense of the whole genre and it's it's what the first scream movie did so well it's what the first halloween movie did so well is building the terror you know Mm -hmm. the kills come and you know they're coming but they they pull you in slowly and then all of a sudden bam right you know there's the kill now it's just like okay well he's gonna run we're in New York. You don't, you mean to tell me that at no point in time would anybody run in and stop? It's not like, the, and, and the whole thing with Scream is these are real people. You know, you can get away with it with, with a little bit with Halloween, a lot with Jason, a lot with um, Freddy Krueger. They're supernatural. You know, they're going to have, you know, abilities that other people don't have. Every Scream movie is just a normal person that's going on a killing spree, but sometimes somehow it doesn't matter what you throw at them until the mask comes off, they are unkillable. And so you've got what three ghost face in this one ultimately, and nothing can stop them until the end. And then that whole scene in that theater, like what TJ said, how did he buy that? And then how did he have the money to buy all the memorabilia and put it in cases? He built a shrine that by today's standards would be, you know, 10, 20 million dollars worth of memorabilia and and stuff on a cop's salary, which if you've watched the most recent season of Only Murders in the, um, or season two, he mentions that as a detective, he makes $80,000 a year. Did he buy $80,000 worth of lottery tickets and just happened to hit? <laughs> yeah. Which in New York is not a lot. You can barely no. afford rent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So there's just... The movie, like I said, it started super strong. It picked up. Yeah, five was was fantastic. It was it was a great, you know, revisit to the franchise, a, a rebirth, so to speak. You know, it picked up steam right where you know you would want it to after after you know a downturn in the franchise. It kind of revitalized you for it. So you go into six with you know higher than needed expectations. It starts off really good. It's like okay, we're in for it. And then it just slowly goes downhill. And did I miss something where Hayden Panettiere was alive at the end of four? Because did they just kill her off screen? Like they kill no. her. They it's just, just show her die. And then the, the, in six, she's like, oh, by the way, I'm now an FBI agent. I didn't actually die. They just that didn't kill her quite as hard as, as some of the other ones. So they there's only, a little hope. They lightly, they lightly stabbed her <laughs> <laughs> several times in the stomach. Because he liked her, <laughs> so, right? The The guy liked her. So he, he just... He surfaced yeah. after. Yeah. Well, he he was he was a stabbing virgin, so maybe he just got the tip in. So that was literal <laughs> fan service too, because she was. I think Wes Craven wrote her to die 
And the fans kept asking about her and they just brought her back simply for that. And like you were saying, that's why she she's so weird. Even her acting yeah. is odd. Like it's like she's confused. It's just yeah. And and I get I get what they were trying to do because they do it in every one. They try to direct you to the killer. They try to point you in the direction of the killer as a misdirection for who the real killer is, which in, in most of the films, they do a, a really good job because they get people that have, have either been known to be bigger names. So you're expecting that person to be the killer or they get people who have been in other horror films. So you expect them to be, that's going to be, okay, that's going to be the person that's out. And then it's not. So there's, there's the, they do a good job of trying to surprise you. So I get them trying to bring her back, like she's gonna. I mean, they point like she's. It's her. It's gonna be her. It's obviously not gonna be her. <laughs> they they did too much to try to to try to lead you along that path at certain times. That oh, it's gonna be Hayden Panettiere. That's why we brought her back. <laughs> You're welcome. And then it wasn't. It was three stupid idiots that should have died immediately. Instead, they get a 15 minute monologue that made me want to gouge my ears with a pencil. So. <laughs> I yeah I, I get what TJ's saying, but I just I I could not get into this one. It would just it did not hit a single right note for me as a as a horror film. It just felt like they were trying to do more than they should have. They were trying to be overly meta. They were trying to be overly grand in all of the murders. They were trying to to be overly gore. It just everything felt like they were tr- just trying to you know push way too much on you. So I just. It was awful. Jenna Ortega was delightful. I didn't mind the other sister as well. I think she did a decent enough job. Um, I didn't like the whole, oh, she's got Billy Loomis in her. She's going to be, she's got, I didn't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't like when they're like, oh, it's a a character flaw. You know, she's got the psychosis that's going to make her want to murder people. I, I never, I never get behind that, you know, especially if they didn't, like if she grew up with him, I could see maybe some trauma bleeding over, but I just, it just, bleh, bleh, didn't so the like question it. remains <laughs> Scream Six or Ends? Oh, Scream Six would, I, w- I would watch Scream Six again now um, just because some of the deaths, but yeah, like, Ends, I will not ever watch again unless forced to. Unless <laughs> we do some Damn. live event where you're all like, hey, we're going to watch Halloween Ends for a live event, and then I'm going to just take several shots of whatever's available. <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Ends for Kellen is Terrifier too for me. It seems wow. that way. So there you this go. uh this did not go the direction I thought it was gonna be going. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Uh John, I'm a little disappointed in you about it, to, to be honest. But um, I, I'm so proud of you, John, for voicing your honest opinion. Well, my first and, I I liked it first time. Second time, it just I don't know. And uh, and I, t- I I get that too because the same thing happened to me. Now, Kellen, you said there are like no good horror elements. Here's the good things that movie. One, you can't put Jenna Ortega in anything, and I won't watch it. She's perfect. She's an she angel. is adorable. The train scene is one of the best scenes I've seen in a horror movie, in my opinion. I, I absolutely loved every second of it. Not only did I love the action that was taking place, but all the costumes. That was like the funnest part watching again, like pausing, like, okay, I see that. I see the Babadook. You know, I see, you see all these things. I absolutely love that. And even earlier in the beginning of the film, when they go to the party, uh, one of the guys at the party, I think, he might have been one of the killers the the son he was wearing the costume the guy made for the movie murder murder party, party. Yeah. and if you've never seen murder party we will do an episode on murder party because it is such a fantastic indie movie 
that you can find sometimes at Dollar Tree. So always check it out. But he was wearing that cardboard costume that the guy made from Murder Party. And that hooked me in right from the bat too, especially Samar Weaving, who's also a fantastic actress and everything she's been in. Uh, on the train, someone was dressed up as her character from uh, Ready or Not in the wedding dress with the shotgun strap and all that. Uh, that, that stuff they did wonderfully. Um, Which they're fans. I mean, the Radio Silence guys are indie horror guys. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's what I like about horror movies too. Newer ones where that stuff kind of bleeds in, you can kind of tell. Um, but Gail Weathers should have died already. Yes. Her, like John said, her character he arc in the first three. Instead of- Dude, yeah, Dewey should have lived, and they should have got rid of Gail. Yeah. Like, oh. why bring her back? And and again, we know why they brought her back because one, she probably had a contract, but two, they're still holding on to the past. Um, but and she, she take less money than Nev Campbell. That's the real reason yeah. they brought her. Back. She has to. Nev Campbell is on the Twisted Metal show that Kellen and I finished today. She's oh. still getting paid pretty well, but she was just awful. And Kirby was awful. And I love Hayden. Like I've always been a fan of her since like Heroes, but she has forgotten how to act and she probably forgot how to fake a Southern accent, which is why Kellen caught that part where she was Southern in one and not in the other, but she is not a good actress. And it happens. You, you can lose it. I truly believe that we've seen examples in our lifetime of actors who have come back and it's just not quite the same. Um, and I don't, I haven't seen four is probably the one I've seen the least of all of the, all of the screen films. So I don't remember all of it. I remember a Culkin. I don't remember if her character died or not at the end I, I don't remember that at all but who's that hayden pantieri yeah yeah she gets stabbed twice in the stomach and then she's just and they well, never show her they again. leave her they don't show the moment of death but you yeah. definitely assume she dies yeah and i think <laughs> when like that happened when we were in the theater and that happened i think i'm sure i was like oh, you know like, that was fun but then she started talking i'm like oh, i'm out i'm out um <laughs> i just Another thing I don't care for is when, and it happens a lot, but when the killers are people we've never met before at all. I, I, I like some. I like there to be some connection, uh, but I understand you can't always do that. I wish Samara Weaving was in it more. She could have taken any of anybody's place in that movie, and it would have been better on acting, um, for sure. But one thing that pissed me off was something that didn't happen in the movie, and the only reason it pissed me off is because of the internet. So I tried desperately to not get any spoilers for this movie. And whenever I even got a whiff of something, I moved on, changed the page, turned it off. But I Googled something and I wasn't Googling Scream, but Scream came up and the first thing that I saw and then saw several other times was Matthew Lillard's name and pictures of Matthew Lillard. And there's been this conspiracy that he's still alive. He was in two at the university. He was in the background playing Frisbee or some shit. I got that spoiled for me and it didn't happen. And then I got pissed that it didn't happen because if anybody's collecting that memorabilia, why would it not be one of the OG killers? They, I think they dropped the ball there. I really wish they had gone in that direction. Would it have been a little cheesy? Yeah, but we would have liked it a whole lot more than this cop and his two kids who were related to a character who we just met in the last movie. And now his family's in on it. Like that was just too much transition. One family, just all of a sudden getting all murdery. Um, I wish that just like some of the other movies we've talked about, I just wish some of those characters had been introduced to us before that would have helped me a lot. And the core, the new core four, some of them got to go. Which, which there is a a fan theory too. If they brought Matthew Lillard back that I really like that, that um, Lillard's character 
and uh the boyfriend that that dies and is billy loomis is coming back and and the sam's visions or whatnot that they were actually a gay couple together which which harkens back to the hitchcock movie rope uh where it's two guys that that's based on a real story and it was a a couple gay couple that was a closeted couple that ended up killing one of their friends uh, and I think you could do, and that would make a lot more sense why he would be going and trying to get all the stuff from Billy and all that stuff. I think yeah. you could do a lot there with that. Yeah. Even before the movie came out, like long before there were always rumors. And the one you always saw the most was like the cult of Ghostface, where it's like all these people have taken up his helm. I wouldn't have liked that either. Uh, but I, I would like to have seen Matthew Litter by that would have been fun. Um, so let's go around and give our best kills, our favorite kills. Uh, Kellen, you cannot say the end of the film when they start the credits we will not allow that this episode uh so let's let's start uh with john a lot of good kills in this movie i will give it that much credit um a lot of good stabbing in the face kills uh man uh the main the dad at the end dermot Noroni, he got stabbed in the eye that was a good kill um the psychiatrist i would say the one that hit me the first initially that was like, oh, was the psychiatrist when he gets stabbed in the nose through the door. So I'm going to go with that one. TJ? That was honestly exactly what I was going to say, because that made me cringe. And I wasn't expecting it when it happened was the, the psychiatrist. Kellen? Um, yeah. And just real quick, there there's moments in this movie that are fun, that are good. Just the movie on the whole, just bleh. But I did like, I did like, you know the beginning i liked when jason gets killed i like that you know they went super meta with that that you know he's gonna be the ghost face but you know he's not because they've already shown his face so i just thought it was super cool that the guy that wants to be ghost face gets killed by one of the ghost faces in this movie i um i like the shotgun kill that really wasn't that major of a kill but it was something different because he's always got a knife. He's always got something of that nature. He's never had a maybe a pistol. He's never had a shotgun. So even in the trailers, like the teaser trailers, you just see him holding that shotgun. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. Unfortunately, for some of us, it didn't go that direction. So that would be mine. Um, all right, let's go rankings. And then I think let's go five-star ranking on this flick. And then after that, we're going to do our ranking of the franchise. And then we'll close out. So, John, uh, out of five, what you got? I wanted to be nice about it, but I just can't. I did I, you two out did of five. Oh, I wow. hate doing it. But two out of five, yeah. Wow, that's all, right, all I'm getting. Ah, uh, you know, I see the flaws, but I still like it. I'm probably gonna watch it tonight because I just got the Blu-ray in the mail. Um, I, I'm gonna give it a solid uh, three out of five. All right, Kellen. You know what? I'm just call me agree with john tonight I, i'm gonna give it a two i just i mean it's got it has its moments but as a complete film it just it just missed the mark way too many times i um i love the franchise i'm a completionist i got the is this one you got tj the nice pretty steel book no because because i'm dumb and i don't have room to put stuff on shelves so i'm just gonna get rid of the case like a heathen and put it behind oh heathen heathen All right. so the cover alone is why I gave this a three because the train scene. Um, 
like I said, I absolutely adored that entire sequence. I love the costumes, the the thought that went behind it. So that uh, led me to give it a three, uh, which is going to average us out at two and a half. I think that's probably the general consensus as it is. So uh, let's go around real quick and give our rankings of the franchise. Kellen, since you literally just completed the franchise for the first time, we'll let you go first. Yeah, I think I think everybody's probably going to be the same first movie. I think I'm going to be a lot different than everybody else for the other ones. Um, I'm going to go one, five, two, three, four, six. Okay, John. For me, it's going to be two, one, three, five, four, six. All right, TJ. For me, it's one, two. Five and three and six are almost interchangeable, but I've thought a lot about it, and I think it's three, six, four. Okay, I like I, I haven't seen four in a long time, so I'm not going to be fair by that. But one, two, three, one, one through three, the original trilogy that's the order for me. I have a soft spot for three, you guys know why. Um, <laughs> I did have six originally next, but I'm going to go one, three, five. And then I'm going to go six, four, just because the train scene, what I remember from four, the train scene alone was better than that entire flick to me. So, all right, that's going to be our rankings from the screen franchises. I know you were dying to hear those. Um, <laughs> be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Come join the church over on Facebook. Uh, we have a good time. Next week, we're going to be talking 1983's Angel. Uh, with local film producer Travis Ayers. So be sure to tune in for that one as well. Um, not quite horror, but Joe Bub did an episode on it. It's fair game. So, all right, signing off. I'm Jay with John, Kellen, and TJ. And until next time, keep it spooky, yo.